All right, so uh, we've we've heard from many people that we needed an intro song. So this is what you guys get. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh man, perfect. How's it going, Sam? Hey, Nathan, what's up? Oh, uh, not much. So, what? Where are you? I'm in the food court of an airport. I was gonna say it looks like an airport. Yep, I just got a burger. Um, I found out about two hours ago that my flight tomorrow is canceled due to weather. And um, they were able to put me on a flight today. I had to pack in 30 minutes for the next week and a half and book nice. it to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. So I thought it would be fun, since uh, I was packing anyway a mobile rig to do a podcast with you next week, it would be fun to do a podcast here at the airport um until yeah i board in 45 50 minutes so nice <laughs> yeah we'll be cutting it close yeah all right well we can it could maybe be a little shorter and stuff too pardon the background noise i was gonna say i apologize i can't control a lot of the uh the chair pulling and order yelling and all that just tell everybody to be quiet around you and they'll probably right. that would probably work yeah, yeah, I do look kind of funny with my giant podcasting mic in front of me, <laughs> eating a little burger. But it's all good. Hey, what you are do you what you? You do what you, you have to do. You sounded pretty busy today. Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, I'm preparing to move to Richmond, so um, this whole week has been dealing with mortgage stuff and packing and stuff. In between having to deliver literally like ten shoots in like three days are these mostly like corporate they're not wedding shoots are they no uh there's two family sessions and at least three events plus i had to deliver a wedding to you a second shooting and a bunch of other small looking forward to looking through those haven't actually done that yet but there's some there's some gems in there i i cooked up just for you so awesome i'm excited um, so yeah, so why don't we get right into it? We're going to talk about travel. And yeah, I figured stuff. that was probably a fitting topic considering I'm, I'm literally on the road. I just had to pack everything in a rush. <laughs> it's nice to have traveled probably two or three times a month last week, and my my system of travel is is down pretty pretty darn well. So awesome. I've got a space for every single thing, and I have a way that I pack everything that it's not hard. To, uh, to get it all together really quickly if I need to. And I don't forget much. Occasionally I forget stuff like socks and underwear. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important to keep everything. <laughs> I can see him yeah. behind you, which is funny. <laughs> um, so it's very important to make sure that you have uh, a system or at least you have... You have a way of, of consolidating your gear, consolidating uh, stuff that isn't your gear um, in a way that makes sense for, for travel. Well, and the biggest thing for me, uh, it took me a, a, not that long actually to realize how valuable this would be, is to come up with a way to pack everything uh, in a way that lets you carry on everything. Yeah. Um, I never check a bag, ever. Uh, the only thing I'd be willing to check is maybe some sort of clothing or something like that. But even then, it adds an extra, like, 20 minutes on the, the getting your bags after you get off the flight to, like, yep. wait 
where it's carousel, and then hopefully it's there. All sorts of crazy issues that seem to come into play when you have an extra bag. And if you're in another country, you have to send that bag you know, through customs, and they have to scan it. It's just a it's big a mess. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, if, especially if you're only traveling for a wedding, you should be able to pack three, maybe four days of clothes at the most in, in a large backpack that yeah. acts as your personal carry-on. And then I have my, my big think tank roller bag for all my essential wedding gear equipment. And both of those never leave my side on the plane. Backpack fits under the seat in front of me. Um, think tank bag fits overhead. Yep. And, uh, it, yeah, I, I love that kind of setup because you, if you are listening and you ever... Like, or thinking about checking your gear, don't do it because there's plenty of horror stories of cameras malfunctioning due to weird pressure changes that happen in the plane sometimes in the cargo hold. Yeah. Um, there's it gets really cold in the cargo hold as well, um, and it's I mean, it's dangerous to yeah. risk your gear when you are not, you know, in the vicinity of your office or your house or whatever. Yeah, and and worst case scenario, if I'm on a smaller regional plane or something, they they gate check my my big gear bag. That's generally in a special area where it's a little, it's it's handled more gently, and um, it's given to you as soon as you get off the the plane. So it goes straight from your hands to the belly of the plane and back to your hands. There's no, you know, sending it through a huge carousel of other luggage. Yeah, Um, thanks. It's still uncomfortable, and I never let my memory cards out of my sight, especially if I've been... This is this is the return trip home. My memory cards never leave my body. Um, all my backups and stuff like that stick with my bags. Yeah, and if, if I'm ever in a situation like that, uh, I usually just, like, if I can, I'll at least just grab my camera body uh, and just yeah. keep that on or just around my neck or something. Uh, yeah, I usually matter. don't even worry about that if I'm if I'm shooting a wedding within the U.S. I know I can at least go. Worst case scenario, I could probably go buy a camera in right. any big camera store. <clears throat> uh, in other countries, yeah, I usually try and pack one of my camera bodies and uh, a 50 millimeter in my backpack that yeah. never leaves me. Yeah, um, and so kind of going along with with the whole packing <laughs> thing. <laughs> Is uh, I remember last year around this time we did a, we, we were shooting a wedding on a cruise ship, and I didn't yes. have I didn't have my a backpack at the time. I just didn't even <laughs> think about it, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be gone for this whole time. So I brought a rolling case, a giant classic, huge, stereotypical gigantic, travel gigantic yeah. like what the hell is wrong with you type of sized case. And I was carrying that around with my think tank bag, and Didn't it was okay, yeah. unbelievable. Like, I was going, yeah. you know, I was trying to go sideways in through, like, doorways. That, that's exactly the thing. Even if it's like, yeah, you can bring a lot more stuff, you are responsible for carrying your own bags. Yes. And when you've got a big, heavy camera bag... It like, was... For dealing with that for, a, for an entire week was yeah. horrible. <laughs> Did you throw it away the end of the trip literally like, i like <laughs> practically like, kicked it off a cliff like i was just like i got home and i threw it in the trash can and i bought like a a backpack like a big uh, yeah. efficient backpack uh and I, i've been I, using that it's been great so. that's good i truly believe that those things are meant more for families of yeah you know, with kids and stuff traveling where they just got so much extra stuff you have to have a place you know to put it but 
yeah, that was that was rough. It, was it didn't so get lost in it because no. I've been traveling where, where, at least, any time I've been traveling with me or me and a friend, I'd say ten percent of the time, the uh, the checked bag gets lost in yeah. the connection. It's maybe even more. It's fairly common. Yeah, I would say. yeah, common enough to where it's just terrifying. Yeah, I think it was in. I think it was when we were going to Chile because I was on my own flight coming to Chile and. I don't know Spanish, and, like, it was crazy, because I couldn't find my, like, I, I couldn't find my bag, finally I found my bag, but it was just, like, I had too much gear with me on that trip as well, yeah. and I had to, you know, throw, I had two or three bags, like, throw in a thing, you know, in a taxi, and it was crazy, and if I had just had one backpack, and my think tank bag, or just one backpack, because I was second shooting at the time, or, actually, I wasn't even, wasn't even for a wedding, it was for a workshop. But uh, it would have been nice. And it's hard to know. Like You feel like when you're traveling for a destination wedding, it's going to be awesome. You want to have a lens for every opportunity that comes your way. So it's it's this conflict in your mind of like, I want to bring everything I have because I want to be so prepared. Yeah. Yet it's it really works in your favor to bring as little as you possibly can. You know, yeah. I... I think that's the one time I really love having the 24 to 70 with me because it's like if, if shit hits the fan and you lose almost all your lenses or something goes wrong, if you've got a 24 to 70 and a camera body, you can cover every element of a wedding day like no problem. Yeah. Um, it won't be the, the best looking thing ever compared to maybe your standard prime lens, but it, it is a good backup lens. It yeah. doesn't take up a lot of space. You know? Yeah. Um, so we can talk a little bit about destination weddings. You've got a lot more experience with this than I do, but um, yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, you know, a lot of people just ask, like, eh, especially in their first couple of years of shooting, it's like what everybody wants to do all the time. It seems like I want to shoot destinations. I want to be a destination wedding photographer. How do you get those? <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you start getting inquiries for other countries? The big thing for me was just traveling and blogging all my personal work from from traveling on my own. I did a few trips to New Zealand, one to Costa Rica, uh, and twice in Europe, just, you know, through college and afterward. And um, uh, blogging all those trips, uh, the very first destination wedding I had was for New Zealand, and it was because the groom saw my, my landscape photos from a trip I did there in 2009 yeah. or 2010. He was just an amateur, you know, amateur photographer, really into it, but not a professional, and knew that he really liked my work when he saw it, and... Um, yeah, messaged me and was kind of sarcastic, like, oh, I wish we could bring you out to New Zealand for our wedding next year. I was like, oh, let's make this happen. Yeah, you know? definitely. So I jumped yeah. on the opportunity. And once you get at least just one under your belt, it kind of opens this, like, uh, second level of confidence that people, um, when they see that, it's, it's like, oh, well, he went to New Zealand for a wedding. Like, surely he yeah, can come he, to, he must to be good. London, yeah. <laughs> you know, the UK. Or, or yeah, I mean, it, you know, it does doesn't really define whether you're good or not but in people's minds it sets this layer yeah, of like oh he's good enough to do that or he can he's competent he's experienced enough. yeah enough yeah. to make that you up. gotta have at least one or two and i did that for real cheap um mm -hmm. because like anything else you only charge what you've got the experience to uh to charge for and i had no experience traveling for a wedding i mean i had no idea if i'd be able to pull it off and deliver a consistent normal product being on a different time zone totally basically opposite time zone and yeah. have you know my minimal equipment with me and all this and um once you go through it and then you can start trying tr charging more and more and, and so on and so forth but um 
that's the next biggest question. It's like, okay, so you've, you've gotten a few inquiries or you've booked mm-hmm. one or two. Like, what do you charge? Yeah, I, you know, I, do you have any guesses, Nathan? I, I mean, I would just, <laughs> I, if, again, if it was like, if it was my first one, it would be just bare minimum. Uh, just yep. so that I could, A, guarantee that they would go for it and B, of course, like, knowing the like expecting that this is going to be new for me um i'm okay with charging a little less just you know for the experience and the exposure that it will undoubtedly bring um from blogging yeah absolutely i mean yeah there's nothing wrong with doing that in the beginning um once you've gone through a few uh i tend to just like one or two yeah once you've once you've got those under your belt though um my, it's my standard rates, whatever, plus round trip flight and hotels. I don't yep. get nitpicky with the food per diem every day yeah. or a rental car even. Uh, even though I almost always rent a car, I just cover that myself because I feel like it gives me the flexibility to do other things and, and go see a few other sites if I want to, Yeah, um, and which I don't want to charge them for. Yeah, and I think that kind of... I file that under simplicity that I really have... in. I feel like I, in, well, I feel like both you and I sort of enjoy a level of simplicity in our like photo delivery or just the whole workflow. Like everything's done in Lightroom, simple. Like every, everything, like yeah. everything, like um, every, like I don't charge for like a bunch of other things that uh, other photographers charge. Like I don't know, like re- like certain types of permissions and rights and all this stuff I just want to keep it simple if it's on the web people are going to steal it like don't want to mark no anything watermarks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I like that and I think bringing that simple mentality to destination weddings is just going to make your life easier yeah or pricing across the board I mean once once we've negotiated price and it's in the contract and it's set like I don't want to be chart like yeah I basically look up the estimated flight costs uh, now for what they were what they're going to be I tell them that's it's going to be around this amount if flights go up and it costs more money I, I swallow that cost yeah. if flights go down and it's a better deal then I pocket that extra cash it's just kind of you know you reach that midpoint you can get a good idea about what the flights are going to cost it may not be the best most efficient way to yeah. run a business but you just don't want to be bringing up you know, nickel and diming, you know, hun- a couple hundred dollars here and there. Especially with a month before the wedding. Yeah, especially with the the bride and groom. I and knowing this, like, from being on the other end of it, it's like they have a lot to deal with. And like having a photographer being like, "Oh, hey, can you cover this? Can you cover this? Can you cover this?" is it would be really annoying. It's like okay, I have my I have a workshop I'm going to on Saturday. I was supposed to leave tomorrow on Friday to fly down there. It's generally, it's a a direct flight, not a big deal. I can get there the day before. But with this weather, it cost me uh, a couple hundred bucks to change to today, actually. Or not a couple hundred, it was Southwest. It was like the flight difference, it was like $50. Just the difference of the ticket cost. And uh, and I'm not charging my attendees in my workshop an extra, you know, 10 bucks a pop or anything like that. Like it's just the cost of doing business, understanding that when you travel, it's, it's gonna cost, you know, you're going to have unexpected costs, basically. Absolutely. Which is why I think it's only possible to really sustain doing but so many weddings a year in a totally different destination. Right. Um, I think a good average at the most is two. 
<laughs> honestly. Yeah, really? You know, unless you're living somewhere like Europe where you can just jump over to another country like it's a state in the U.S., you know? Right, or if you were a destination photographer exclusively, uh, which yeah. I have seen, and that's been great for a lot of people. Um, yeah. In which case, th- your expectation is you're going to be, you're going to have a certain... In those cases, they, they charge they charge more. Um, yeah. And that's fine. And that's what works yeah. for them because they're dedicated to that kind of lifestyle. <coughs> Which um, is hard to maintain the older you get, I think, especially if you, you know, I, I'm only speaking from observation or, or guessing here, but um, one of the things I wanted to bring up in this whole talk is just work-life balance with, with living your life. And, you know, the more kids and, and family members you have coming into your house, the, the less you probably can manage being away from them and uh you know it's destination weddings are in the end the end of the day it's just a lot of waiting around in airports you can't bring your family everywhere you go i can barely afford to bring like a friend or a second shooter everywhere i go i try to when i can but it's that's money you're losing and on you know on the balance sheet (laughs) that's that's not very sustainable if you did that every time so it's a it's a hard thing to strike, uh, but for me that perfect number is like two per year, and then yeah. the rest all local or all within the U.S. Uh, I don't consider personally weddings within the U.S. a destination unless it's like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of going along with um, <laughs> burgers ready. <laughs> oh, delicious! Or maybe that's Chinese food. Huh? Oh, that would be sushi's better. right behind me. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about having like well we on our list is backup photographers for destination weddings yeah um do you want to talk about that a little bit (coughs) well that's one of the reasons it's it's great if you can swing it financially to bring a second shooter um especially if they're coming what works well with us sometimes is i fly out of bwi you fly out of somewhere in dc i you know dulles or or, um, reagan and it's great being in this area with three different airports. Yes. Very rarely are delays and cancellations happening across all three. So as much yep. as you can diversify like where you're coming from um, and not fly out together on the same flight, that's a huge, huge um, buffer to, to any type of Absolutely. weather issues. Um, if you can fly someone out from a completely different state or country, as long as you know and trust them, then I would actually recommend that. Um, the other thing that I do is contact a local you know, a local photographer that I trust to that area and see what their availability and recommendations are like about um, having them just on call, basically. Yeah. Uh, I shot a wedding last year in Italy, and I was flying out the night of your wedding that <laughs> yeah. I was photographing. <laughs> Thankfully, your wedding ended semi-early, yeah. but I literally flew out the night of, after photographing your wedding to Italy uh, to get to a wedding there on, like, a Monday. And... Uh, there was a local photographer there that was going to second shoot with me, but she understood that if there was a flight delay, I would be over a day late to the wedding, <laughs> and she would be, you know, shooting it all basically. Yeah. Everybody was on the same page with this, and it was just kind of the risk you had to swallow in order to, to make it happen if they really wanted me. And it worked out fine, but um, right, but if, if yeah. it hadn't, like that's the reality that would have. Yeah. needed to take place yeah. and if Maybe she, we do a day after session or yeah something like <laughs> yeah um yeah absolutely and you know with in that case uh, i guess the next kind of big question would be oh well then how do you handle the money like 
you refund them everything? I would refund them everything other than the travel costs, personally. Yeah. Um, I would chalk that up to just, I guess, a free trip over there in a certain way and just a huge loss of time <laughs> yeah. um, since there's not much else you can do with it. Absolutely, but, yeah, and I don't think you're really entitled to keep that uh, no. to keep that money. No, definitely. Yeah, and, yeah. Even that's if it a, says so in your contract, like, that's what I would say, like, yeah, chalk that up to being, like, you know, be cool. <coughs> that's a big part of why I don't require the final balance due until a month before the wedding. Because I figure if anything is going to come up on the planning side of things or with the internal family, you know, conflicts or whatever, they're probably going to be resolved by within a month before the wedding. I don't think I've had anybody cancel within the 30 days before. Yeah. It seems like right around then it's it's happening or it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah. want to be, you know, out uh, four thousand dollars two weeks before a wedding or something like that but yeah so at the end of the day i think it works best for everybody with all the complicated variables of a destination wedding and flying a photographer in to just keep the pricing as simple as possible absolutely be willing to accept additional losses if something pops up while you're there or getting there or getting home and uh and yeah it just i just think that's the way to keep it easy like and because traveling is stressful like no matter what happens no matter how quick you are no matter if you're like in first class like it's still you have to get to the airport like early and you got to make sure you packed everything there's a lot of things that can go wrong and it's just so nice to have an easy pricing structure everybody's on the same page about because it's easy and you know and you're making what you deserve Um, yeah and make sure you shield yourself too. When things are out of your control and you have a weather delay, I personally try to fly in for weddings uh, with a, a full day buffer in between. So technically, I get there two days early. So you know, if, if something happens that first day, weather related or otherwise, I still have the whole next day to get there. Um, mm-hmm. However, if something catastrophic happened, and two days were just wiped out from being able to travel, and I wasn't going to make it on time. Like that's got to be in your contract. That yeah, it's, it's called quote act of God. Um, I'm not. I'm not responsible for those, and uh, of course, I would refund their money, even though it says I don't. I don't have to, but um, you know. <laughs> but that's it. Can only control it. Exactly. So much. <laughs> okay. So uh, the most recent destination wedding we did together was, I think, last year. Um, this the uh, Caribbean yep, cruise. It was a January first wedding of the year for both of us. First time I was ever on a cruise. I think you as well. No, this is the third, third time. Third time on it. That's right. And yeah. uh, I think it went pretty well overall. I don't have much to really say about it. It was great. Uh, it was sm- very small. It also yeah. broke the record for shortest ceremony. Yeah, it was a few uh, minutes. I think it might have been a matter of seconds as far <laughs> yeah. as I'm concerned. quick. <laughs> it was because what happened is they'd already been married. Um, at This was more of a vow renewal. Home. Yeah. But they wanted to be married on the sea, and you can't do that in international waters or something like that. Yeah. Or it was complicated. Um, but it was... How big was the br- bridal party? It was like four, five per side? Yeah, five per side. Simple ceremony, a couple of family pictures, and then we just shot around uh, the boat with them in their wedding wedding attire. And then we did... Yeah. Uh, the only other formal shooting was like a, almost like a post-ceremony engagement session thing. Where yeah, were, we did one on St. Martin. Yeah. Didn't we do another one? I thought we did another one. I don't think so. 
Uh, maybe it's just on the boat or something. We shot around a lot. I mean, one of the, the cool things, when you, whenever you're at a destination, uh, something that's really valuable that doesn't take place on the wedding day itself is just establishing shots of the city or the scene and like yeah. if you're out going to grab a meal somewhere like definitely bring your camera and take just like candid pictures around the town like street photos and include those even if they didn't actually happen on the wedding day include them in the gallery uh, people love seeing like the context yeah. of where they were even if they didn't see those things themselves and so you know we did a lot of pictures out on uh, on the few excursions that we did pictures of the boat and the islands that we were yep. on and even though the couple wasn't in them at all from most of those pictures uh, <laughs> yeah. I still delivered those and, and set the story for the photo gallery uh, with a lot of those images um, yeah, yeah and that, it was so and, and getting there we got there uh, it was like three days before the actual wedding happened like we were at sea for yeah. like three days right. yeah that, um, that was a that was a difficult one on, a, on the basis of timing like hours because i don't think they booked like an unlimited number of hours so it was yeah like, but we just kind of were shooting yeah we just kind of like were around the whole time and shot a bunch worked out pretty well and yeah we hung out real real hard with everybody yeah too which was kind of fun um great wedding party yeah i mean if you're at a destination and you have nothing else to do anyway like go to the rehearsal dinner for sure even if they didn't yeah. end up buying it like that sets you up so well to just know who the big players are as far as the family is concerned like yeah they feel like you're much more a part of the friendship circle than if you just show up on the wedding day um that's always yeah. been a huge uh point of like increasing the comfort level it's yeah yeah and and for our wedding um it was interesting because we just told we just wanted you to come to the rehearsal but you ended up shooting because i guess you were bored or something Oh, but, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you shot the rehearsal dinner, and it was great because my grandma, who right. is yes. 100 years old, wasn't. Did, she didn't come to the wedding. She was like, yeah. "I'm not coming." Up. But I, but uh, <laughs> she came. But she came to the rehearsal dinner, and it was awesome to get some. Yeah, we made a point to get some, some good photos with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize I did that awesome. for free. I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually remember. <laughs> I'm gonna. But, I'm gonna uh, need to invoice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, send me that. Um, but, yeah, like, we, but on the cruise ship, like, it was cool to hang for, like, a few days, understand kind of the relationships of who, you know, all the, all the major players, like, who was there. And, I don't know, it was just fun hanging out. Plus, you're on a cruise ship, so yeah. what else are you going to do? So. Exactly. And in general, when you're in another country, especially, it's like, what better way to see the, the culture and, like, experience the place than be around wedding-related activities. That, that's yeah. all hugely informed by the cultural uh, traditions. And, like, yeah, I, I would much rather do, do a rehearsal dinner, even if they weren't paying me, than go see a museum or something like that. Um, right. Just, just because. But one of the things I actually was thinking about a little bit more recently, I can literally see my, my plane pulling into the gate. It's <laughs> directly in front of me. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, was the fact that like I feel a lot of these award photo award organizations and contests and stuff are doing a pretty huge disservice to the industry in general by typically I think uh, they allow submissions from day after sessions or styled shoots yeah. and um, I think what you generally find is that uh, you know when people have six hours to dedicate to a photo session 
by hiking out three hours to an amazing location or, or driving really, really far away from wherever their actual wedding was is that what is presented as being a wedding photo isn't actually that at all. People are in wedding attire, but it's right, but it frames this picture in people's heads that like, oh, this is achievable on my wedding day. And then when you sit down and talk to them about it, it's like, yeah, we can do this on your wedding day. We just need four hours or two yeah. hours. <laughs> and it's just... Yeah, and, and, and there's a... There's, there's a that's part of the thing that I also uh, enjoy about weddings. The wedding day is the spontaneity and and sort of the unknowns oh, yeah. um, that go into it. And yeah, I mean, sure, like a styled shoot's going to look awesome. Like, and if you know, and and it's probably going to look better just because you have the opportunity to and the time to make it look better. Um, whereas on the day of, you have all kinds of things in the equation that. It could affect how how it looks and for sure honestly you're right like and i mean you oh, still have room for spontaneity in, in styled sessions and you're going to discover things sure. when you're walking around and exploring that you didn't plan on so all that is, is still somewhat possible but it is just this the reality is completely different from uh, you know if that's what's really heavy in your portfolio and your in, in your presentation to your clients you need to be very truthful and transparent about how those images were made and i've i don't think i've personally ever done a session with a bride and a groom that was not on their wedding day in the middle of the wedding schedule I don't, i'm pretty sure yeah what as, as much as i can recollect never <laughs> taken them out like the day after and had them dress up and wear the same stuff or anything like that You've never done like a bridal session i did one bridal session that oh was I, yeah it was a while ago long time ago yeah and um you know i didn't like it it's like where's the group <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do with these no, she looked great but um you know i really wish that these uh industry leaders as far as the what, what the, the most of the public sees is like oh these are the best wedding photos of the year um did a better job of like really saying it needs to be a wedding photo not a style yeah. shoot and not a uh, not yeah. a destination that you had an entire extra day to go and photograph that wasn't their wedding yeah. day um and i think some people think that that's the expectation is that like yeah we're gonna come and he's gonna photograph our amazing wedding at this crazy destination it's like, well, make sure that you tell them like the circumstances that all those other photos that you showed them were, were under. If in fact you you didn't do it on on someone else's wedding day. So, right. And I, going along with that, the cruise when we went to St. Martin, it was a, like a day or two after the wedding, and those photos are like amazing. Like I got really good stuff. You got yeah. really good stuff. They loved it, um, and that's awesome. But like, you know wasn't you know it was it was day, it was after they were the playing wedding. clothes yeah they were it was yeah. more engagement session than anything else yeah, yeah for sure yeah um, and but still like i just feel like the rapport you know it's 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 more interesting like the day of the wedding you know everything's absolutely. more interesting it's and, di- more difficult and like i like that. oh yeah absolutely the, the constraints for some people are what inspire the ideas <laughs> yeah. you have no constraints it can be a little it's a totally different vibe right but, and going along with that we've talked about this before but the but like having um being in like a place that's like super awesome and gorgeous and stuff oh i completely I, paralyzed I, totally it's like decision <laughs> fatigue or overwhelmed yeah. just I'm like, like oh, i don't even know where to start 
Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Like, I guess stand here. I don't know. Well, that's that's something that's really funny. A lot of people, I think, don't realize that like this just the simple act of being in a tough, ugly setting. If you can find a way to make it work, that alone will set you apart from everybody else that always has perfect light in a perfect field or mountain or yeah. perfectly lit, natural lit room. Like, just by being in a different place where most people would say, this is too hard for me, I'm going to the easy spot, will, will set you apart. And, like, my workshops in general, I think, are a good example of this, where we literally just walk around the parking lot of the building where the workshop yeah. is, or a couple blocks around that. And I think it's so funny to me when people go to workshops and it's like in this incredible environment of yeah, you know, you, golden hour. Yeah, like those photos will look amazing. But again, how, how often is that going to be the exception or the rule for the majority of weddings that you actually find yourself shooting the bride and groom portraits, right? Yeah, and is, is, that, and is that making you a better photographer? Exactly. And it might be. It might be. But, like, right. but for me, that would make me... That, that would that would give you some pretty images to put in your portfolio and some people that's all certain. they need in certain parts of their career but it's something to consider if you hadn't really thought of it, of it in that way yeah I, I remember um, we were at CPC uh, a couple <coughs> years ago and um, Ryan Brenzer was giving his talk and it was great great talk and I, I loved he showed who, he showed one Ryan image uh, he's, uh, he's some whatever kind of photographer out there um, <laughs> but um, he he showed this image of, like you know it's like a really awesome like Ryan Brenzer image of like a, sort of a closer shot um, and it looked really neat and he was like all right where is this where was this taken and everyone's like in like an awesome cool room and stuff he's like it was taken in a bathroom yeah. like I <laughs> there was like no light anywhere it was gross like and I lit all this stuff and. I love that. Like, I, I love the opportunity to make portraits where no portraits have gone before or whatever. If nothing else, plan on, on being in the good light. If that's, like, where you hit your stride and what you always really prefer and, like, where it makes you the strongest photographer, like, of course, plan on being, uh, shooting all your pictures a golden hour if you can. Yeah. But uh, the unpredictability of widening, like, it necessitates you being able to handle uh, when things don't go according to plan, especially Absolutely. on people's wedding days. It's just not acceptable to say, well, you know, we didn't get the pretty light. I, it's nighttime, and I don't know how to shoot at night. So we just, they're either going to look bad or we just, we can't do them. Like, it's right. just not something You never want to be in a situation like that. Absolutely. And um, uh, the more you can... Sp- stress yourself out in, in certain ways to like get comfortable in stressful situations the better uh you know maybe not all at once but just little by little put yourself in like oh yeah can you guys come out for 10 minutes if you've never done a night portrait before like like make them do it and then um hopefully if you only took five or ten minutes of their time and if it totally doesn't work out uh you know you'll have learned one yeah. or two things and maybe the next time you can knock it out of the park yeah and honestly um this is something that has worked for me uh, when I was starting out, and I still think about it a lot. Is um, and it, it's not going to work for everybody, but for me it worked. Which was to when I'm shooting portraits or when I'm shooting what I really want to shoot for portfolio. Like I'm thinking, like I want to shoot for portfolio. Like I want, like I want to constantly be shooting things that I can show up. Um, all the time yeah and so thinking about that in a new situation be like okay how can I adapt this situation to how I shoot 
Um, and how can I use this situation to create a, a, an image that I can show off, that can, that can grow my own business? Yeah. Um, and, and for me, that was like, okay, keep in mind, shoot for portfolio. So if it's something that I have never done before, uh, it's been really cool to just think like, all right, I can do this. Like, I'm going to make something awesome. Um, whether that's shooting around at the zoo or shooting a, a wedding, you know. Yep, totally agree. Um, all right, I hate to cut this short a little bit, but uh, they are boarding my flight, so I got to pack this thing up and get going. But um, cool. Yeah, we'll touch base next week. And, uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah uh, have yeah. I'll talk to you later on. All right. Peace.